In March 2020, for five days, Charleston will serve as the backdrop for a gathering of top chefs, winemakers, storytellers, and food enthusiasts from around the globe. The 15th installment of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival will take place March 4th through 8th, 2020. Today we will be talking to Jillian Zettler, the Executive Director of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. We'll, we will be talking about next year's festival as well as how the organization is also championing the region's unique food culture throughout the year. So Jillian, welcome. Talk to us a little about the history of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Charleston Wine and Food began in 2006 with an amazing group of culinary luminaries that came together under this kind of guiding question, why can't Charleston play in the same sandbox um, on the level of Chicago, Los Angeles, New York? And um, food festivals were cropping up in a variety of places and they felt like Charleston could play ball. What is unique and different about the Charleston Wine and Food Festival? So there are a lot of wine and food festivals at this point in time. Um, and we have spent a long time as a team, we spent a long time a few years ago, really kind of hearkening back to what our higher purpose was and why we do what we do. And there are some food festivals that are for-profit, there are some festivals that are non-profit, there are some that are owned by media entities. Charleston Wine and Food is a local nonprofit in Charleston, South Carolina. We are a 501c3. And I think one of the things that makes us really special is that we do everything in-house. We do all of the things that you need to pull together in order to produce, produce this event, um, all with folks that are, are local here in the city, which is awesome. What is the mission of the organization? Yeah, so when we um, really started to dial in on what our higher purpose was, it was this idea of being a catalyst for connection, creating meaningful experiences and making sure that they have a sense of place. So ideally, that the way that some festivals can feel sometimes is that you could pick it up and you could drop it into another city. I think the magical thing about Charleston Wine and Food is that when you're here, you, you know that it can't take place anywhere else. Um, the festival also has a great give back component. Um, and in the conversations that we were having with local folks in the hospitality community here, one of the biggest issues that Charles, not only that Charleston is facing, but it's really kind of an epidemic um, nationally, is having skilled people in the workforce. Um, and so there was this great relationship that came to be about four years ago with 180 Place. Uh, here in Charleston and the festival was able to through this amazing program that they have which is kind of a six-week rapid-fire crash course in culinary skills to get folks out of 180 place and into a, a great career path um, they end that six-week training with an externship usually in a local restaurant so we wondered would it be possible to do this externship as part of Charleston Wine and Food and in the first year it was unreal. I mean we had basically a hundred percent exchange from folks that were part of the externship as a paid externship during the festival that then were hired on the spot to get jobs here in Charleston and they've had great success and we've had great success with them. Um, we were able to even take it a leap forward this past year in 2019 where the festival operates two very large commissary kitchens, prep kitchens, to produce all of the food for all of the events over the five days. And one of those prep kitchens that we used was at 180 Place. 
Um, and I think one of the most magical moments for me was seeing someone like Frank Stitt, who's like the godfather of, you know, of Southeastern cuisine and um, outstanding James Beard chef for the country, saying that he thought it was a really bold choice for us to get really acclaimed chefs cooking in a homeless shelter and prepping their food there and really seeing the impact um, that the organization has locally and how the festival has found synergy between 180 Place and what we do. What is the economic impact of the festival? Events are extremely hard to plan um, and they're expensive to produce. And I think one of what feels like, like the most crowning achievement in a large way of being here was taking the festival from a place that was a little bit of a, a of a question about how it was doing and the longevity of the experience and getting it to a place where we are really proud of the financial stability that we have, the give back that we're able to give to folks in the community and to continue now to be able to ask questions about how we can do more and do better for all of the people that make it possible. Um, last year alone, we had over $19 million in economic impact in five days. And I think that's really staggering and that's amazing. So that's not just people buying festival tickets and staying in hotels, though, you know, we, we do want them to come here and, you know, heads and beds and all those things, but it's where they shop. It's the, the meals that they have outside of the festival. It's the places that they're exploring. It's them falling in love with, you know, colleges and venues and city streets so that they choose to come back to Charleston and visit us and support the local economy even outside of March. Okay, so tell us some of the details of the upcoming 2020 festival. So the festival is five days long and we have uh, over 140 events that take place in five days and that runs the gamut. We have um, the Culinary Village, which we call the heart and soul of the festival that takes place in the epicenter of downtown, right in Marion Square. Um, we've added a, a really cool multi-day globally inspired event called Night Bazaar that is gonna be Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the festival out at Holy City Brewing's new campus. Um, there's cooking classes and beverage workshops and things we call signature events that are about 150 to 500 people, all with a special theme. We have excursions that are basically like really cool culinary field trips. Uh, and I think what's really cool about all of this is that we find that while, you know, out of town folks are falling in love with Charleston, I think that it, oftentimes it becomes either a staycation or a way to learn about the city that you live in and explore things that you might never have known existed before. Um, and we've got, again, like dialing back into that idea of storytelling, all of these events tell a story and the people within them bring all of those details to life. So the tickets went on sale back at the end of August. We've got an awesome array of things that are still available for people to enjoy. Uh, the easiest way to find tickets to the festival is to head to our website, charlestonwineandfood.com, and you can filter through whatever kind of experience you're looking for. Maybe tell us a little about your leadership style. One of the big things on the vision board when I started 
almost six years ago now was getting to a permanent location from a Charleston Wine and Food headquarters standpoint that would be able to facilitate live experiences year round. Um, I think looking like long term for the festival and we're finally getting here is that we would be creating content and doing programming every month of the year, which we're doing uh, now in 2019-2020. I think that there's a a plethora of reasons for that. It's to keep people excited about the festival, to keep it top of mind. It's also creating um, more exposure and opportunities for the storytelling and meaningful experiences, not only for all the, the players on the talent side of the festival and the people that help support programming the events, but also for you know locals and guests of the festival that don't want to wait until March every year to have a little bit of that magic to enjoy. Um, so it took us a while to find a space and what was really cool is that we basically had a blank canvas in here and we're able to work with some really wonderful partners Um, you know somatic is amazing amazing partner and has one of their flagship stores here in Charleston helped us design a beautiful kitchen Um, so we're now able to do beverage workshops and cooking classes and we've got a free live podcasting series that we're doing all year long Um, and also just all of these meeting and gathering spaces. So long-term looking for opportunities for community members to be able to drop in and use some Wi-Fi. And, you know, oftentimes restaurants are, you know, doing payroll sitting at the bar or their office is the size of like a broom closet. So we've had folks that use our conference room or, you know, set up meetings here. So again, it's just like really leaning into that sense of community that we want to be able to share. Um, from a company culture standpoint, we have a full-time year-round staff of 10, including myself. Um, it, the majority of our staff is women, which is something that I'm really proud of. Um, I have a really amazing opportunity to work really closely with the College of Charleston and have a, a mentor each year, and we work really closely with the College of College of Charleston, and we now have a communications capstone there that acts as our agency of record. And probably over the course of the year, 15 interns outside of that, a handful for each department within the festival. And it's really amazing how many people it truly takes to make this thing work. But if you ask the team, what are the guiding principles? What are all the things that make all of that gel together? They would tell you um, that they know my mantra for us and here and myself is patience and gentleness and kindness. Um, I think that sometimes event planners um, have, there's like a gruffness about like the way you need to get things done. Um, And I really, really, truly believe, and my team knows this, that that's not the way that you need to do things. And that like level of being humble and being kind draws the best out of your teammates and the best out of the people that you work with. Um, So I think that because people try to operate from that space in here as, as we're all human, right? So we all have moments where we're not that, but I think it's a great gut check and you find that we've got a very connected, cross-pollinated group of people who the end goal is, yes, we wanna produce a great festival, but we all wanna feel really great about the way that we do it, and we don't wanna do it at the expense of anybody else's feeling or office morale or 
or whatever. Um, so it's a really supportive place, I think, and one that I feel really blessed to wake up and walk into every day. What chefs are involved in the festival? So the festival every year usually has about 500 chefs that participate. And um, I would say about 40% of those chefs are local. Um, there's, a, there's a chunk that we're able to invite as guests of the festival each year. And then there's a whole subsection of folks that reach out and say, I really wanna be there. Can I be there? Can you find a way for me to take part? And um, that's really amazing. So yes, there's definitely a lot of outreach on our end. Um, I feel really, really grateful that we've got a local chef community that buys into why the festival is so important for this community and all of these like rippled benefits that it creates. So we can talk about economic impact and we can talk about all of these like, you know, kind of buzzy business things that the festival does, but then there's all these intangibles, right? So there's connections that are forged. There are people who have decided to come here and open new properties because they've been a chef in another, um, another city, but they've fallen in love with Charleston through the festival. Um, you know, we've seen chefs travel into other cities and be inspired to go other places outside of Charleston in their own explorations that they then come back and they get to bring that creativity in their kitchen because of relationships they forge on the ground. Um, the stories are endless and for us, like we're just constantly on the hunt for all of those things that you don't see, right? Because we've got this formula that we can, we can dial into the economic impact, but the ripple effect, it blows my mind. Um, so we're really lucky that there is a, there's a great group of chefs here that support what we do. And it doesn't mean they're always happy with that, the way we do everything all the time, but it's a big, big, massive experience to plan. And their feedback is integral to us growing and being able to have a 15th anniversary to celebrate.